Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Wednesday, and welcome to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I am your host, Presley Davis, and with me in the studio is Joey Gonzalez, my producer. We have a fun show for you today as we are at the point in the year where some sports are wrapping up, but some are just getting started. So there are no signs of slowing down anytime soon. But before we dive in, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on North Brown Frontage Road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. One of the sports beginning to wrap up their season is Texas State Volleyball, but this season has been such a great season for the girls. They won their past match this weekend. They won Friday night in three sets, Saturday in five, and due to Saturday night's win, they are 10 conference wins on the season and also, this is the 10th consecutive year they've had double-digit wins. So Texas State Volleyball has always been hot, and they just continue getting hotter. Yeah, they've looked impressive as of lately. They didn't play one of the strongest teams in the conference last weekend, but as Presley mentioned, that um, Texas State win in five sets. I mean, better than nothing, found, found a way to pull out the W, and now with only four matches left, now this is when you really want to uh, focus in and you got to you got to win these matches and just put yourself in a good in a good position going to that Sunbelt Conference tournament. Janelle Fitzgerald led the way in kills in both matches and I mean Janelle she's looked so great all year and I mean she continues to do it and you got to think that if Texas State wants to um, get an NCAA tournament bid uh, they got to keep passing the ball to, to her. Yes Janelle Fitzgerald is just one of those key players on that court as as well as Emily DeWalt. She's leading in assists right now with 56. And then you have service aces Jacqueline Lee and Lauren Teske with two blocks, Janelle Fitzgerald at 6.0, and Diggs Jacqueline Lee at 19. So just so many key players on the court at all times. And really interesting quote from Coach Hewitt saying that Saturday's game he thought was a little sluggish. And for your team to still go out and, like you said, get the W like, if you're sluggish, well, what are you like at your best, you know? So it's nice to have that padding of, okay, if we don't play our best, we're still one of the best. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, just uh, finding that way is always is always so critical. Um, also, something to mention, uh, Janelle Fitzgerald, the all-time leader in career kills for Texas State Volleyball, and that's just what Coach Sean, he was talking about. I mean, uh, he's talked about all year long, even last year, that the offense isn't where he wants it to be. So, Presley, as you mentioned, if that's not at their best, then what is at their best? I mean, you got Emily DeWalt, who's passed the ball great all year long. Janelle Fitzgerald, who's still swinging great on the outside. Uh, Jacqueline Lee, who ever since she came in um, at the starting libero position, she's been on fire. So, I... I would agree with Coach Sean Hewitt. They're they're not clicking just yet, but you got to wonder if they do start to fully click, what is this team going to look like in the postseason? And, I mean, now is the time you want them to click. If you're already playing the way you are, once that clicks, I mean, conference tournament's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But also, going to conference tournament, Texas State soccer starts tonight versus James Madison. And, I mean, just kind of a season recap. They are... 12-4-2 overall, 6-3-1 in conference. 
They are tied for the second most victories in a regular season with 12. And Texas State soccer claimed the West Division crown along with South Alabama. So really good season. Nothing Mm -hmm. to be too disappointed about. And especially that last match of the year when they played App State, that was a critical match as it gave Texas State that bye. If not, they would have been playing on Halloween, so they got an extra day of rest, got to go out there to Foley. So now they're playing JMU, which they did lose to earlier in the season, 3-1. So it should be a pretty interesting matchup to see how Texas State responds. And Presley, you got to think that um, they got bounced in the first round last year. They did lose to JMU. Do you think they have a chip on their shoulder and they want this match even more? I do, especially because JMU came in early October, played on that. They came here to San Marcos, you know, and that was our fir- their first loss of the season in conference play. Mm-hmm. You know, JMU handed that to them. So you just have to think these girls want their revenge. They want to knock JMU out because JMU kind of, you know, put them in their place a little bit. You know, 3-1 victory for JMU. And you just got to think, okay, they're going to go in there knowing that in the back of their head, that what happened back in October, the loss at home, and just all those feelings are coming back. And hopefully those girls are able to pull it off. Kickoff scheduled for 6.30, so it'll be a fun game to watch. I think a couple of, a couple of the girls are going to have to step up. Maddie Goss currently leads the team with nine goals. She's currently top 10 in the Sunbelt Conference when it comes to goals, but they're going to need somebody else to step up. Zoe Jr. has been stuck at four goals for really the longest time. I think if there was one game where Zoe Jr. needs to score, I think it would be tonight. There's been some goalie troubles as of lately. Beth Agee got a chance, didn't go her way. Caitlin Crispin had some fantastic saves against App State, getting that clean sheet. So more girls are going to have to step up tonight, and it's not just going to come down to one person. I think you, um, they've been so successful off the corner this year. I think you got to get some corner kicks and just put some set pieces and see what Texas State can do. Because if they put JMU on their heels, I think this is a chance for Texas State to go out there and advance in this tournament. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the goalie situation because I know since the beginning of the season, we've said, who is it going to be? Who is going to be the goalie? And going back to the JMU game in October, Caitlin Crimson was in and she had four saves. So she's seen this team. She's played this team. She's familiar, so it'll be interesting to see. Will she be out there tonight or will Beth AG be out there? And so... That was always a thing we talked about of who is it going to be, and there was never Coach Holman's just like, we're going to put them both in, and we're just going to see who could take the game. Another interesting thing to know, if you go and you look at the Sunbelt Conference stats, JMU and Texas State are top five in almost every category. I mean, these teams, they deserve to be playing each other. I mean, I don't know about this early in the tournament. I mean, they're they're both great teams, and to see them lining up against each other, on the pitch in the first match that both these teams are playing. And it should be interesting. Um, but JMU, they got a lot to prove also new to the Sunbelt conference. And it would be, I think it'd be a huge shock if they could come in here and just steal the Sunbelt conference championship and go into the NCAA tournament in their first year in the Sunbelt conference. I think there's a lot to look forward to tonight. And I mean, you got to go in and watch that one. Yeah. And I mean, that'd be crazy just coming into a conference and just, taking over that'd be you know kudos to you for that because that's just incredible and this game's gonna be a good one it's almost like this should be the championship game but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a good one you know the girls all season long have played hard and it actually paid off Sunbelt Conference Awards came out Maddie Goss is named first team Avery Thighs is second team so 
got some recognition there. So, you know, this team that Holman has, they know what to do. They've shown that they know what to do. They've shown that they have their days. But for the most part, they've shown we know what to do once we step onto that field. Yeah, I mean, Matty Goss definitely deserves those awards. Nine goals, three assists, 21 points off of uh, 24 shots. I mean, those are ridiculous numbers. Avery Thies has done so great in the midfield and backfield uh, playing defense. And, I mean, they've given Caitlin Crispin those chances to to kind of just stay behind it, stand between the pipes and not have to come out a whole lot. I mean, there's been games where Caitlin Crispin has only seen, I mean, less than five shots faced and if you got a team that coach Holman has set up um, that good defensively and on the, on offense, I mean, it's just a, it's just a team that everybody can kind of relax, trust each other. And I mean, you can see from Caitlin Christman, she, she trusts her players. She knows that they will step up and make a play and it's been a lot of fun. And I'm excited to see what Steve Holman brings in the next uh, five years, probably here at Texas state. Yeah. So shout out to the girls who made the Sunbelt conference awards and also huge shout out to coach Holman for coming in. First, se- first season as the head coach and just taking it by storm, taking the whole world by storm and just creating such a great team and really putting these girls out here to show off what they have. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking about some Texas State basketball because that is finally here and also the World Series. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I am your host, Presley Davis, and with me is my producer, Joey Gonzalez. Texas State basketball is starting, Joey, and I know you're very excited. Men's and women's seem to have good teams for this year, so very excited to see where the season takes them. Yeah, tonight it's Texas State versus Cameron as it's an exhibition match from Strahan with a 7 p.m. tip-off time. It should be a fun fun matchup between the two. You got a couple of key returners, uh, Nigel Caesar and Mason Harrell. And it should be a pretty interesting Texas State team as they got bounced last year against Louisiana. A lot of Texas State fans don't like Louisiana because of uh, the the tournament difficulties that Texas State faced last year. But Coach Terrence Johnson is back at the helm for Texas State. Uh, Presley, you and I were talking before we came on the air, and you really like um, what he's brought to Texas State. Yes, I just think his story of just being the interim, just kind of just filling into the role and then just taking his team and making it his team. It's just such a good, great story. And, you know, it's just so fun watching him. Basketball coaches, I know in high school, at least my high school's basketball coach, and I feel like Coach TJ and just everyone, all basketball coaches just get so into it. Mm-hmm. Just so, And it's almost like they're part of it. It's like a little show you get to watch. Like I look <laughs> forward to like going to watch TJ because he just gets so into it. And they're so passionate. And whenever coaches have that passion, it reflects on the team. And you can see that. And Texas State basketball. I mean, we went to the, they went to the NIT last year. Coach TJ is just really wanting what's best for these boys and just really pushing them to be their best. So it'll be really fun to see what he has in store for this season. Lost some key players, but I trust TJ. Yeah, I mean, the trust, I mean, that you hit it right there. Um, I also want to hit on the point that you said the NIT tournament. Um, didn't get into the NCAA tournament, but this is a team, I mean, I mean, that's difficult in itself just to get into that tournament. I mean, that's another tournament where you get uh, basically voted in and for a Texas State team to get in and not a not one of those power five conferences is a big deal. And I think Texas State will continue to do that this year. I believe that Coach TJ will come in and put another great team on the floor this year. 
I mean, it it should be a fun fun year to watch. And then their first real match of the year, guess who it is? It's Washington State, and that one's on Monday. So I mean, already uh, Coach TJ um, getting getting this Texas State team some recognition around the country, playing some of those big conferences. It should be interesting. They also play UTSA on November seventeenth. That one should be fun. That one's down there in San Antonio. Um, some other interesting matches or other interesting games to look forward to is Texas State versus UT Arlington. That was a big rivalry through the past couple of years. That will be on December 10th, as that is a um, announcement that hasn't been made. And then the Sunbelt Conference tournament will, or the Sunbelt Conference season opener will begin on December 29th against ULM right here at home. And the season will go on to end at the end of February, I believe, uh, February 24th against Southern Miss. Presley, going through that schedule, is there anything that really um, pops out to you? I'm glad you asked because I was looking at it and this schedule, it's it's an exciting one. It's going to be an exciting season. And what catches my eye is this Hawaii tournament. Hmm. And, you know, volleyball went to Hawaii. I think it was late August, early September. And I said it with volleyball, you don't take a team that far if you're not confident in them. So it says a lot to travel that far and have hopes that your team can take it all. So it's like that's that catches my eye in the schedule just because simply, oh, TJ knows that they can handle that. TJ knows my team is good enough to compete with these other teams. So that's what I'm looking forward to to see how that Hawaii tournament turns out. But like you said, meeting up with UT Arlington again. You know, you got the Raging Cajuns. That'll be a fun one. It always is. But just it's pretty exciting schedule just kind of scrolling through. And hopefully we pull off some a good winning season and see what that conference looks like. And same with the women's. The women's schedule is pretty strong, too. And it's going to be an exciting season to just watch them go off. But there's a social tomorrow at Strahan Arena in the Castro Club. Admission is free. Doors open at 530 and you get to meet and greet with the team. And I believe they're going to have free food and beverages. So if you're not busy at 530, head out, see what Texas State basketball is looking forward to this season and just kind of get to know what Strahan's going to be doing in the next couple of months. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the free food and drinks. Always <laughs> always a good time to go out there, uh, meet the team. I think those meet the team opportunities are always really interesting. I mean, because you see them on TV, you hear them on radio, and, I mean, you just think these guys are just going out there to play basketball. But it's always interesting to go in there and kind of um, get to know the guys, you know, get to know the coaches, see what they're all about. And uh, talking about that, I just want to go real quick to um, going back to that Hawaii tournament before we go over to women's. I always think those are real good team building opportunities. I mean, it, you get to go. I mean, Hawaii's not a, not a short flight, so you go over there and, I mean, you get to hang out with the guys, get to go to the beach maybe, um, go shopping, maybe just get – get to see what Hawaii is like. And um, I think it's, it's real big team building opportunities. I mean, this is a team who hasn't played together a whole lot since they brought in a lot of new guys. And I mean, you look at Texas State volleyball, they've had a bunch of success after that Hawaii tournament. I think it's going to be the same thing this upcoming year. And I'm, I'm just glad that you get the opportunity to go to that. Yes. And so I know whenever volleyball went, Coach Hewitt was like, I took a day for them to just, explore like Mm -hmm. yeah you're here to do a job but you know this is once in a lifetime for some people you know so he's like I let them explore and I'm sure TJ is going to do the same thing and then you know after your fun day of exploring it's time to get to business and do what you came here to do so it'll be a fun tournament 
yeah, no, going over to women. I know, I know we talked about the men's quite a bit. Um, I'll just do the same thing that I did for men. And then Presley, I mean, you tell me what pops out to you. Uh, Texas State women's basketball begins Monday, November 7th. So that is next Monday right here inside of Strahan Arena against Howard Payne and some other interesting games at the Reed Arena in College Station on November 23rd. Texas State versus Texas A&M. They also play Corpus Christi uh, right here inside of Strahan. And then the Sunbelt Conference um, opener will begin the same day as the men on December 29th in Statesboro, Georgia at the Hanner Fieldhouse against Georgia Southern. Uh, Texas State will play Louisiana on January 7th right here at home at Strahan. And then finally, the season comes to a close on February 24th in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So Presley, as we did for men's basketball, what shines in that schedule? For women's as well, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like in almost every sport, it's, oh, Louisiana, you know, you get excited to see them on their schedule, conference rival, you just, and same thing with women's, Louisiana, you know, knocked them out last year. And so it's just, uh, you want that revenge. You want that matchup again. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I think I will always be excited for Louisiana, but I'm also excited for this A&M game. I wish it was in St. Marcus because yeah. I feel like that's going to be a great game. And so I think the A&M and Louisiana games are the ones that really stand out to me for the women's. Yeah, I mean, last year, Texas State women played Baylor, and I want to say it was, it was a fairly close mm -hmm. game. And, I mean, it gave you quite a bit of optimism. I felt like they, they kind of shocked a lot of people in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, they won, I believe, one or two games in there. So, I mean, it's a fun team to watch. Denasia Hood's returning. She was a lot of fun last year. Yes. Kennedy Taylor was a lot of fun. And then going back to that Louisiana game, I believe it was Jada Reed had a buzzer beater against the Raging Cajuns. So, I mean, there were a lot of highlights last year talking about this women's team. And it, it should be a lot of fun to see what they can do. Uh, Coach Zenere Antoine. Um, one of the longest tenured um, coaches here at Texas State for for all the sports. So interesting to see what she can do. Not a whole lot of um, not any tournament play um, coming up for those teams. Uh, but I mean, it's a veteran team, so I expect that they could go in. They all the girls trust each other, trust each other, and see what they can do. Yeah, and that's the good thing about veteran teams. You get to skip the little team bonding, get to know <laughs> yeah. each other. It's like they know each other well, and they're just ready to get on on that court. Let's transition over to some World Series, Joey. I know you're rooting for the Phillies because they knocked out your Padres, so obviously you'd want to lose to the World Series champs. You know, it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I just, I said this, I believe, last week. The Phillies are just red hot. I mean, I think it's going more towards the Phillies are the team that is destined right now. The Houston Astros, I mean, I think a lot of people can say the Houston Astros are probably the better team all around. But if you go based off the team that is better in the postseason right now at the right time, it's the Phillies. I mean, Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind. I mean, it would look like a home run derby last night. Those guys are just yeah. hitting the ball. Um, they had the rain delay, which reset the pitching. The Phillies don't have uh, as good as pitching as their first two pitchers of Zach Wheeler and um, Aaron Nola. So, I don't I don't know. I think I originally said the Astros in five, but the Phillies are just way too hot right now. And I'm starting to think it's the tides are kind of changing and maybe it's Phillies in six. The thing with postseason baseball is the teams change the attitudes, the momentum. The game doesn't. It's still the same game. And I think the Astros are kind of struggling right now with just simply going out there and 
going back to the fundamentals and just what works and what doesn't and knowing, you know, should they have pulled McCullers early on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should have. You know, every breaking ball turned out to be a home run. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm picking up on that, surely the coach, like, is calling bullpen right now, right? Like, you know, and so the game doesn't change. And it's just the the Astros have it all. They have the pitching. They have mm. the hitting. They have the fielding. It's just a matter of getting in their head and being like, oh, crap, the Phillies are competing with us. What? Do we, how do we respond to that? We didn't expect... I think the Astros might have expected to just like just easily get a little World Series title. No big deal. It's the Phillies. But the Phillies are like, well, no, we're actually going to compete. We're going to show that we deserve to be here, too. So it's been a fun series so far, you know. And like you said, the rain delay kind of threw off some pitching things. Was that a part of the reason the Astros got shut out last night? I don't know. There were a lot of reasons, but... I think the Phillies might win it all. They might take us by surprise and win it all, and it'll be really fun to watch if that happens. Really fun. I know there's going to be a lot of upset Astros <laughs> fans if that happens, but it'd be fun to watch. I think it's just so hard that the the Phillies just have the capability, I feel like one through nine, to take the ball out of the ballpark. And whenever you give it a multiple home runs in just a couple batter span, I mean, it you got to think that starts to take a toll because no matter what they say, they're like grind out the at bats and just get men on base. But I mean, when you, when you know on the other end of the inning that the Phillies are just going to take the ball over the fence, you got to start thinking, Oh man, I got to start taking the ball out of the yard and stuff. And I think that's where the Phillies are at right now. I think they they're kind of just in control on offense. I mean, they just swing the bat ball goes over the fence. The Phillies are a dangerous hitting team right now. I wouldn't have said that back in maybe June, mm-hmm. but I mean, it things have changed. And I think if the Astros are going to win this series, the pitching has to be flawless from here on out. And if you want to beat the Phillies, if you're the Astros, I think you got to, you got to get the bases. You got to start loading the bases, got to start putting guys on instead of swinging for the fences. Because right now it just seems that Philly with any guy that goes up, can knock off a run on that board. Yeah, and the thing with the home runs last night was all but one, I'm pretty sure all but one were no doubters. So it's like, can't do much about that. And that's, a, that's the thing about the Phillies. They can, yeah. they're not just like, oh, they barely got over the they're fence. They're going to crush yeah. the ball. I mean, think about Kyle Schwarber at Petco. I mean, mm-hmm. he sent that one up into the, into the second deck. So it's like the Astros need to know that. Like, if they're going to get a home run, they're going to get a home run, like, out of the park. So it's kind of like you got to adapt to that. You got to look at that and say, okay, what do we do differently? How do we prevent that? Because all but one was <laughs> way out. It was no doubter. It was like the second it left, all the Astros fan shoulders just dropped. And it was like, crap, another one. Yeah. Another one, like every other batter. And it was just, it's a high intense game. I know there are. I live with Astros fans, and I know they were yelling at the TV. Just, it was fun. It was a fun night, but it was fun because I was just kind of sitting there like, ah, okay. It's <laughs> like, I don't want y'all to, like, eat me alive if I'm like, go Phillies, but, you know. The Phillies have lost every game, too, in the postseason, and they've won the remainder of the games. What do, you, what do you feel about that? Do you think the Phillies win the next, what, two more games and become postseason or World Series champs? I think 
because so far they're undefeated at home in the postseason. And they got two more games left And they left have two home. more games at home. So it's like there's a solid chance that they take these two games and just <laughs> win it. Like there is a solid chance. And was it what I expected? Absolutely not. This is not what I expected for the World Series to turn out like. And, and you know, I feel like in postseason, you don't have games that are 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. Especially in the World Series. In the World Series, you have 3-2. You have lower scoring right there. But it was like, I think after the third inning, it was already 4 nothing, And I was like, okay, Astros, like, what's going on? Are y'all here? Like, what's happening? And so I saw watching the game, they had one of those... Um, keys to the game you know and one of them was for the Astros was the crowd they can't let that crowd get to them and it was like especially Philly out of all places especially in it was a sea of red yesterday and so it's like maybe that was part of it was you know they played at home lost one 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 but now they're playing away and it's like maybe we can't play in this environment so who knows there's always a home field advantage in baseball and anything really so It'll be fun to watch, but speaking of home field advantage, before we run out of time, I know, Joey, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys earlier <laughs> and pretty much took that game away from the Bears pretty early on, you know. Micah Parsons got a touchdown. Yeah, talk about home field like, advantage. Wow. I mean, the Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys were hot. They were hot. Um, yeah, I mean, what, it was 40, right? This is what the Cowboys oh, dropped on, yeah. on Sunday. I mean, the, <laughs> the Bears at no point in that game no. were ever. I mean, I, I'll take that back. The, the Bears kind of got in it. There was but a I, little was just scary moment, like for 30 seconds. It was like crap. But then after that, it was like, oh, it's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. I mean, the, the Cowboys were just, were just dominant on Sunday. And I mean, that's a team that that you want that you want to expect if you're a Cowboys fans um it's good to see that Dak Prescott came back from that thumb inj- uh, that thumb surgery and it really hasn't affected affected him a whole lot i remember when um Drew Brees mm-hmm. went down with one a couple of years ago i mean it kind of just derailed the whole season for the Saints and uh, Dak Prescott i mean he's not really showing any signs of i mean he came back in the schedule that he came back in you know we played the Lions and the Bears so it was Oh my. <laughs> um it was a good few games to like kind of ease back into and and then in the Bears game, I don't know if you saw this, his um other hand got stepped on. So, you know, he's on the <laughs> sideline getting his other hand wrapped up and it's like, "Oh my god." What's your reaction to that? At least it's not his throwing hand. Yeah. That's what I was like, "It's okay. That one's okay. Just put a bandaid on and get back <laughs> out there." <laughs> like but, you know, it's a good point in the season for Dak to come back. And then we go to Lambeau this week. <laughs> Play Aaron Rodgers. That might. I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers has not been. I know the Aaron Rodgers that we've so grown to like, expect. Maybe we'll pull off a win at Lambeau, and that'd be nice. But who knows? Cowboys just got to make it to playoffs, get through the first round, because can't seem to do that. So hopefully that's what happens. But we're running out What's of. What's your prediction time. to for oh. Cowboys end of season? I think we go. Like, how far do I think we'll go? I guess like overall record and then how far oh, into the overall playoffs. Overall record, <laughs> actually, before the season started, um, my boyfriend and I made our uh, predictions for the record, and I had a realistic one and a like probably going to happen because it's the Dallas Cowboys one, <laughs> and it was like oh and seventeen or something. Oh and seventeen. That was my like. It's the Cowboys. What do you expect? But I think my realistic one was originally it was like nine and eight or something. 
now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe like twelve and five. Twelve and five seems. Yeah, they're fair. definitely they're definitely raising eyebrows, and I, they're definitely postseason done. I'd say. Around one. <laughs> we'll see if we get hopefully past. more than that. <laughs> hopefully, but you know, well, we're running out of time today. But thank you for joining us today in, on this edition of Bobcat Radio. I was your host Presley Davis, and with me was my producer Joey Gonzalez. And we hope to see you next Wednesday. But until then, tune in on Friday for the Friday crew of Bobcat Radio and Monday, and then we'll see you soon. Have a good day.